Hey y'all, welcome back to the Late Night Vision Show. This is episode number 73. And my name is Jason. I'm the owner of Outdoor Legacy. And as always, I've got my co-host Hans from the Hans East Texas YouTube channel with me tonight. What's going on, Hans? Man, I got two things. Tonight was uh, the the annual trip to the East Texas State Fair. Ate a corn dog, a foot-long corn dog, and a sausage on a stick. And my stomach <laughs> is fighting against me right now. And <laughs> this may you, be too much information. This is you, TMI. You know, <laughs> we're, we got a full show for y'all this week, y'all. But you, I leaned over to my wife, and it's one of those. It's not a carnival; it's a fair. But they roll yeah. in these rides on an eighteen-wheeler. And they, they pop them up. And the whole times my kids are on the rides, I'm like checking bolts and looking at everything. But I leaned over to her and I said, man, these rides are kind of sketchy. And yet we're <laughs> sending our kids on these, you know, <laughs> upside down, twirling around, all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there, uh, you know, shoving corn dog in my face. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I've always said that, uh, you know, that's what always scared me. I never rode the rides at our little county fair and stuff because you look over there and uh there's some guy that's smoking a joint that's you know <laughs> holding a wrench in his hand and he's yeah. got a five gallon bucket of spare nuts and bolts and i'm like ah it's probably right. not gonna happen you know well i know we're going to get into the review of the pulsar digisite n450 very soon but at the end of the show jason i want to talk about because i have not told you yet but i want to talk about briefly at the end uh the fact that colt has announced that they're no longer going to make their AR-15s for the consumer market anymore. So I want to... Man, this guy, you got all kinds of stuff you're bringing up. I didn't even know about it. it. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got got something that I want to talk about that you don't know about, and it's going to tie right into this. Perfect. Uh, So so this is going to be news to Hans and uh, all of y'all. I have been uh, having a lot of people who have been looking for some super bright uh, additional external illuminators for their digital uh, you know, night vision scopes like the Wraith, the Photons, uh, this Digisite we're going to talk about mm-hmm. tonight. And uh, in the past, I've, I've had some, some really good illuminators, but the market has kind of moved past those illuminators. They've just gotten uh, brighter and brighter and better over the years. The, the illuminators that are built into these optics uh, that come from the factory are better than ever. So I knew it was time to step up my game, and I had to have something to offer. So... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and announce it that I, by the time this podcast airs, will be an official dealer for Sniper Hog Lights. And Sniper, yeah, Sniper Hog Lights. We've got some Texas boys and uh, East Texas boys at that. And so they have got some amazing lights, super bright. I have actually... Uh, known these guys for you know known of them and seen their lights and stuff in use for many years we both are sponsors on the texas bow hunter uh, hunting forum and have been for many many years and uh, anyway i've spoke to them and uh, we're going to be selling their lights they have got a new light that some of y'all are going to be interested in we'll have more details we'll be doing some reviews of them i'm sure in future podcasts but this new one is called the coyote cannon (laughs) and this thing i mean and, and i believe them because I have I have heard multiple people. This thing's brand new. That confirm this can can shine out to a thousand yards. Man. And so uh, they've got white lights, red lights, green lights, all that. But they've got infrared lights too. And that's what we're going to be selling. So anyway, well, there'll be more on that. But very very soon. Uh, again, by the time this podcast airs, we'll be uh, set up with them and and hopefully. I'll be getting those in real soon. So if you're looking for 
an external illuminator for your wraith or any other uh, you know digital optic, hit us up at Outdoor Legacy. Yeah, so I see their stuff on Instagram all the time. I see a lot of people using their their infrared lights, and, and a lot of people really like them. Man, I was at the fair for three hours, and you're already bringing on new stuff and well, signing I up. Well, I tell with- you, you, you disappear <laughs> on me today. You act like you had had real work and conference calls and fair, and yeah, here I am. Exactly Slaving, right. trying to sell some scopes. <laughs> so, well, listen, let's jump on in. I didn't know we were going to talk about Colt, so yeah. we got a lot to talk about before then. Uh, folks, this is going to be the full review of the Pulsar Digisite in 450 and there's also an N455. So let me just real quick uh, talk about that and get that out of the way. The 450 uh, has an 850 nanometer illuminator. That is the brighter illuminator. Some people call it visible and we've talked about this when we've done other reviews but essentially it just means that the illuminator puts off more of a red glow at the head of the light where the LED is. The N455 is the 940 nanometer. Some people call it invisible. It just doesn't put off as much of a glow there at the head of it. Uh, Again, I think this is really not a big issue at all. I think it's nothing to make a a to-do about. All the standard illuminators that come on the photons, the race, uh, the ATNX sites, they're all in the 800 nanometer range. That's what you want. I mean, I know there's going to be some people who are really concerned about it. Maybe they're hunting uh, fox or coyotes up real close and they're worried about them seeing that red light. Again, it's a topic for another show. Generally speaking, you want something in the 800 range. And I've had a lot of people calling about these digisites. And a lot of guys are asking about the N455, and they have no idea that by buying that optic, they're going to be able to see about half as far as they can with the you know 450 version, which is the, the 850 nanometer. So we're going to be talking about the 450, which has the brighter illuminator. And I'm telling you, if you're going to spend this kind of money on one, that's the one that you're going to want mm-hmm. to buy, at least almost everybody. This unit is $1,299. So it is digital night vision, but it's not cheap. It is uh, the nicest digital night vision scope that you can buy. Pulsar, I mean, I'm saying that, and somebody's going to tell me there's something else <laughs> out there, but I don't know what it would be. Pulsar is known for making high end optics. A lot of people nowadays just know them for thermal, but they've been in the digital game long before they were in the thermal game. And they've made uh, this Digisite line for a very long time with a lot of high-end scopes. So I'm going to go over some of the specs on this scope real quick and uh, just try to you know introduce you to the scope and what it is. Uh, it starts at a 4.5 power base magnification, and it goes up to 18 power with digital zoom. It's got a 1280 by 720 HD uh, image sensor. It's got an AMOLED display. That is the same uh, display that the Pulsar Trails and all those units have. It uses the same IPS battery pack system. Now, Hans, are you holding one up right now if you're watching on YouTube? Okay, I've been over here Vanna White. Good, Vanna White. If you're watching on YouTube, check it out. That's right. If you're on YouTube, check it out. Basically, if you've seen a Pulsar Trail thermal rifle scope, these look extremely similar. 
Uh, on the top of it, all the button configuration is the same. The buttons do the same things uh, as they do on the trails. And again, we've got the same familiar IPS battery system. It does come with an IPS5 battery pack on the side of the optic. Uh, it also has the ability to use the other IPS uh, batteries, which there's an IPS 10, which is will get you almost double the runtime. It also um, Pulsar has the um, I just went blank on the name BPS packs, which uh, will allow or B packs. I don't. I'm sorry, I forgot what they're called. We've got them. They basically hold uh, three. Double A yeah, batteries, AA batteries yep. so you can put those in there if you want that. So a lot of power options. It'll also take any external USB power if for some reason you needed it. It does have video recording. Uh, this is something I, I know I'm just keep interrupting myself and stopping, but it says that it has video and audio recording. Mine is not recording audio. And nowhere in the menu, which again looks just like the trail menu system for the most part, is there an option to turn the audio off or on? There is a microphone I can see on the bottom of it. Uh, I was so concerned thinking that maybe, I mean, this thing's brand new. We just bought them from Pulsar. I thought, well, maybe there's a firmware update. Well, sure enough, I connected it to my phone. There is a firmware update. I did the update. Still no audio. <laughs> so I... <laughs> I don't know. It was too late by the time I figured this out to, to get Pulsar on the line and figure out if this is something that's coming in a future update. Uh, it's possible. I'm really not sure, but I know this. Mine is not recording audio, and there is no uh, ability that I can find to turn the audio on in the menu system. So right now, video only. It does have the Stream Vision app. Same thing, again, that the other Pulsar units take. You can connect your phone to it. You can live stream to it uh, as long as you're within, you know, a close proximity, a few feet away. You can control the scope, start recording, stop recording, all that. Also has picture-in-picture -picture function, which is a really cool feature. It has 10 different reticle options. It has six different color palettes. It has five shooting profiles for, you know, five different rifles you could zero it on. It's rated for a 12-gauge shotgun all the way up to a 375 H&H &H rifle. It is rated for down to negative 14 degrees Fahrenheit. And it takes all the same mounting options. Again, I keep saying all this as like the Pulsar Trails and the <laughs> other Pulsar Scopes. But it, that's what this thing is. It yeah. looks like a Pulsar Trail. So it comes with a standard 8.5-inch long, um, about 9-ounce mount in the box, it is non-quick detach. It has two thumb screws on it, and it's really good if you're going to put it on a bolt-action rifle with a Picatinny rail because it allows you to move this scope back to get the mm -hmm. proper eye relief. It'll work just fine for an AR or anything else uh, that has a Picatinny rail. If you would like, you can buy the optional Pulsar QD mount. They're 100 bucks. You can put that on the bottom, 3.5 inches long, 3.5 ounces in weight, and they are quick detach, return to zero. You can also use the um, Zero Delta D-Lock mount, $250. A really nice high-end mount. Uh, that is an option for it as well. And last but not least, it weighs 29 and a quarter ounces with the battery on the side of it. And I don't think I left off anything 
two major off there. Hans, do you, you recognize anything I left off? No, I mean, uh, a man of, of very few words like yourself, which... Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. no, you always do a thorough job with the specs, so good job on that. Hey... Not always, but... Yeah, so, you know, we're going to get into really... Uh, Jason and I are going to talk about what we like about the scope and, you know, the normal routine on a full review. But, you know, I want to start it off because as you and I are, uh, we're both big Pulsar Trail fans, thermal scopes. And if you uh, are used to the button layout and the functions and the menus and, and everything that's associated with the trails, uh, you're really going to like this scope. And that was, to me, the best part of it. Now, uh, for somebody that's never owned a trail, they'll probably think, well, that doesn't do anything for me because... Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not used to using those buttons or, or using the menu, but they make Pulsar, uh, makes these optics and scopes very user-friendly and easy to use. And that was, has always been one of the advantages that I've thought, uh, with, with working with, uh, their optics and, and really, you know, just seamlessly being able to switch back and forth between that and this and not missing a beat, you know, with the buttons and all the similarities that are in, yeah. involved with that. That to me um, was one of the biggest advantages. Yeah, the I'm moving my mic back over here because I was showing people something. Uh, I, I want to say real quick, if if you are watching this on YouTube, you just saw me do something and probably like, what in the world? Hans doesn't even know you can do this. Don't don't the, look at the man behind the counter or behind the the, curtain. the <laughs> illuminator comes off this thing. I did not, and I, you know, it's got some screws in it. I didn't even mess with it. No, you don't need screws. You don't need yeah. screws. I told I told Hans the other day, we were on the phone. We had just gotten these things out. Neither yeah. he nor I are going to read the manual or anything. Yeah. And I was like, it looks like this illuminator must come off. And he was like, I don't think so. And I was like, no, it's got to. It's got something looks like it should come off. I messed with it. I pulled. I pried nothing. And uh, I finally got to looking around. And uh, I found where it showed how to take it off, basically. Um, and I'm not going to tell Hans because he'll be messing with. No, it that's what video, I was just but, thinking. I was just thinking. Yeah. I, I've already got a reputation at Pulsar that I think that I, I use these things too hard and that I break them. <laughs> you so tear I don't it even want to mess with it. I don't even. Well, wanna it, well, with well, it. I own it, so it's <laughs> it's not there. So don't mess with it. Yeah. But yeah, but the illuminator does come off. Okay. There's a small cap that will cover. Uh, the port where it, it connects in, and then it leaves you a very, very small Picatinny rail with one lug on it, mm. and that would allow you to instead place an external illuminator there on a mount if mm. you didn't want to use their mount. Really, that was an ingenious idea, and when you see this thing come off, you'll be like, oh, wow, good idea. So that does give you, the uh, you know again, the ability to do that without having to mount the IR on uh you know on your rifle somewhere now you got me want, now you got me wanting to mess with this thing now. I, I know you're gonna i shouldn't have yeah i, I shouldn't it's have like folks if he it, could see me right now he i know he would be messing like with it picking out a scab or something you know it's just like, <laughs> he's gonna try <laughs> yeah so i agree with hans man it's got a uh the, the button layout is is very similar this is one of those things that for he and i both there was no you know learning curve for us because we've just used the trail so much mm -hmm. and the buttons are the same thing one thing i really like about it is that the focus is a knob that's on the top again like the trails yeah. but it it's nice and yeah. i know that the standard focus is you know a ring on the front and I, I get that and i understand that you know normal scopes need that but that little knob you can just reach up there 
And I just feel like you can fine tune it so mm-hmm. easy uh, compared to a big ring. So I really well, like it. Um, well, go ahead. you know, and, and another thing too, I, I think Pulsar uh, usually does a good job in, in considering is designing the layout of these scopes for uh, ambidextrous use. And so mm-hmm. many times on on other scopes, other manufacturers, they kind of pick a side. Either we're going to put the buttons right. on the left or we're going to put the buttons on the right. But, you know, the Pulsar does a good job. They put everything right there on top. So, you know, for uh, people that uh, listen to this show, everybody knows that Jason is a big fan of, of the buttons either on top or on the left side of the scope. So, I mean, that's if you, because I'm right-handed and that makes the most sense a scope for 99% of the population. <laughs> yeah. And so if you put the buttons on the right fi- side for Mr. Jason Robertson, he's going to be happy. He's going to give you two thumbs up. No, but, you got to put them on the left side for me. Free hand. Remember? Left hand. Yeah. So yeah, but left hand's a free hand. They do a good job. Everything right there is on top. No matter if you're right-handed, left-handed, it makes it easy to use. Yep. Uh, and you're right. The focus knob on top, that was one of the things that the Thermion doesn't have. It has the focus ring. That was a, a big change between the trail and the Thermion. Uh, but I do like the knob on the top. It's easy to focus. Um, you know, you got the, the eyepiece diopter focus. You got the, the objective lens focus. All works mm-hmm. well uh, and, and no issues. Again, if you've used the trail, even if you've used a trail with a buddy, you don't own it, but you've used it with a buddy and yep. you're looking at getting some, you will not have any problems at all, uh, you know, working this scope. Absolutely. You know, the other thing I need to mention is the illuminator has, uh, well, I guess, basically four brightness settings. It has off. So if you're going to use it in the daylight <laughs> or you just count? don't need it, it, it counts. It's not, it's, it's not very bright okay. at all. Yeah, not as bright. <laughs> it's less bright at all. Wow. I think that's a stretch calling it four different brightness settings. <laughs> okay. It's, <laughs> it's got three brightness settings okay, and go. off. <laughs> well, technically I guess it's, it's got five cause you yeah, can take the yeah. whole thing off. So that's, a, that's another setting <laughs> off, off. So, oh my gosh, we're never going to recover from this. So it, 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 oh man, you got me tickled now. It, so it does have three brightness settings and then off. And those are controlled by a button there on the back of the illuminator. So that is a nice thing. Uh, I always ran it on high because really, to be honest, what I was looking at most of the time was 150 yards. Well, I did have some hogs one night at about 100, but the vast majority of my stuff was 150 to 250 yards. Now, that brings up the next question. Um, Put Hans on the spot. How far do you feel like you can reasonably see with the built-in illuminator on high on a black night, no moon? Because that's what everybody wants to know. How good is it right out of the box? Yeah, so I would say that the the picture clarity is very good. I'll start up by saying that picture quality very good. Um, I, I'm gonna say um, on a on a dark night, illuminator on high. You know, I'm gonna say max is about two fifty, as far as um, yep. being able to to see and identify the animal that you're that you're pointing it at. Um, yep. You know, and that is. You, you know, with no obstruction of view, with not very, nope. very tall cra- grass. That's right. You know, that's uh, if you don't know when it comes to digital night vision, any slight ob- obstruction in your view, if you're behind a limb, you know, you're that's going to throw up a very bright light that's going to reflect back and blind you, basically. Um, yeah, I, I use these things a lot off my back porch because my house sits up high overlooking my pasture and I've got a tree down there. 
that's about, I don't know, probably 30 yards from my house, big tree, sweet gum, and it's got some limbs hanging down. And I have a very hard time with digital scopes with when you throw that illuminator out there, even though I can see under them, I mean, I can mm -hmm. see under those big limbs, the light hits that. And then the scope, and this is something a lot of people don't know how these scopes work. They automatically adjust mm -hmm. their brightness. So if you take it out in full daylight, which you can do, it won't hurt it. It adjusts the brightness of the screen. Well, what happens is, is when that uh, infrared light, you and I can't see it, but the scope does when it hits those limbs and leaves, it bounces back. Mm -hmm. Well, that's bright. So then the scope readjust the, the image sensor, readjust the brightness based on the brightest thing, which is those limbs at 30 or 40 yards. Right. So now everything is dark underneath it. So I have a lot of, you know, hard time with that. I got to kind of get in the right spot if I'm using them off my back porch or something. So I, I agree with Hans, 250-ish yards, right. a black night, no problem. The other night we had a, almost a full moon, super bright, crystal clear, and I had a group of hogs down there at uh, 3, 325, and I could clearly see them. See, I mean, I could count them. I could see mm -hmm. them really well. But I'm talking uh, at the same time, uh, that night I had a group of hogs at 150 yards that I could see with my naked eyes. I mean, I couldn't see them well, <laughs> but I could make them out. So, I mean, it was bright yeah, very that bright, night. Yeah. So wasn't surprising. But, yeah, I would say uh, if, if I was going to own a scope of this caliber, uh, for this much money, um, I would absolutely upgrade the Illuminator, mm -hmm. just simply because if if I'm gonna spend, if I'm gonna pay thirteen hundred dollars for a digital scope, I want to be able to see a long ways, and that's the only thing holding this thing back is the Illuminator. I'm not saying it's bad, mm -hmm. but I will tell you for this kind of money, I think it ought to be better. I mean, I, I, I really, yeah. I was a little disappointed. Now, Pulsar specs, they're normally really good on their digital optics, giving a realistic range. The specs on this say it's 550 yards identification range. I have no idea yeah. how or what, but I've got a tree line at about 450, 500 yards, and there is a 0% chance on a black night that I can see that tree line, much yeah. less... I mean, you could be down there doing jumping jacks and driving your truck in circles, and I would not see it. So I don't, well, I don't know where that number comes from. Yeah, I, I took it out in two different scenarios. I took it out on a very bright night and a very dark night. And the dark night, I was trying to find deer, so I would use my thermal to see where the deer were, uh, and then I'd put my the night vision scope up. But there were deer about 200 yards away, uh, and through this, um, and again, the the grass was pretty tall, but. Um, when they lift their heads up, I could see, I could see the reflection of their eyes. Mm -hmm. I could see them clearly, but I could not see them uh, as well as I wanted to until they raised their head up. They blended in so right. well. So, um, I, I do agree with you. I think the, the 550 yards, um, yeah. might be, a, that's like going, and, might be a, might, might be a stretch. That's like telling your buddies that you can still bench press 350 pounds, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's a little bit of a stretch, well, you know. You know, you, we haven't talked about it, which is obviously the most important thing to most people, is the image quality. And you mentioned it there briefly. I do want to talk about it. The image quality is excellent. It is sharp. It is crisp. It is clear. And I'm going to tell you something. 
Hans and I right now are biting our tongues. We made an agreement before yeah. this show. We would not compare this to the Sightmark Wraith it's yet. Tough. It's tough. We're go- it's tough because that's the most popular. The Wraith is the number one most popular digital scope on the market today and that has ever hit the market. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everybody's clamoring to get it. And we're getting these phone calls every week, getting emails. Hey, what do you think about the Wraith compared to this scope? Well, the good news is, is in a week or two, we're going to give you a head-to-head review comparison of the two so we don't want to compare it but the one thing i will say is that the image quality is great and you're not going to get any of the lag Mm -hmm. that you sometimes see with uh, you see it with some of the x sites you see it with the wraith uh, where when you move around the the things uh, to be honest i think it's processing power and the unit is not processing fast enough, the image, mm-hmm. and things will kind of tilt until you stop. Yep. So they got to catch up. I notice it on the, the – man, I'm talking about the Wraith. But I notice it on those videos a lot worse than it is in person. But with with the uh, this Digisite, this N450, none of that. Yeah. It is extremely responsive mm-hmm. and a very, very crisp, sharp image, which you would expect from a $1,300 optic. Yeah. We're going to charge you five bucks every time you say the word Wraith, but we are not. Okay, I won't won't say that. But, um, you know, as far as, like, I'll recap the likes. You know, the the great picture image, the the easy setup and use, uh, you know, they've they've really uh, got a great unit here. Um, Well, (laughs) I'm about to Picture in picture. I like that. You know, I'm a huge fan. Anybody watching my videos, Mm -hmm. they know I use it a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know... But during the daytime use, let everybody know what it looks like because it is a difference between this and the Wraith as well. Yeah, yeah but you said it again. We're not going to talk about it. Okay, there, it is It is black and white during the day. That is an important thing. I'm glad you brought that up. A lot of people have the misconception that for this price, this thing is full color. It is not. It is black and white during the day. And... Folks, this is what I always tell people. I said about the photons. I said about all these. I mean, the, the older Digisite models. Can you use them during the day? Yes. Are you going to want to use them during the day? No. It's just there's something about yeah. uh, looking at a black and white video screen in the daylight when for your whole life you've seen God's beautiful creation and all the colors and, yeah. and and you can open your eyes and look and see it in full color. Then you look through this and it's like looking through a, you know, uh, a closed circuit camera, like at the bank recording. It just doesn't look right at night. It looks great. You don't think about that cause you can't see anything. But during the day, I just say, no, I, if, in my opinion, um, and again, I'm not talking about just this scope. It's any of these that are black and white during the day. The cheapest Walmart Tasco scope, I don't know, whatever they sell, the cheapest Walmart scope will be better during the day than one of these optics just because you're looking through a glass scope, right. full color, not looking through a video. Now, if you go out hunting and it's an hour before dark and you don't want to carry two rifles or switch scopes around, yes, it will get you by. It's just fine. But you're not going to want to go deer hunting in the daylight with it. Uh, it's one of those things that will get you by in a pinch. But it's, it's in my opinion, not ideal. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, going along with what you said, likes, uh, gosh, we just keep saying the other word, Pulsar Trail. But we do. I mean, the, the, yeah. the function, the layout, the ergonomics, the battery, the stream vision, all of that. One thing, and I, I'm, I'm going to compare this to the Photon for a second, 
uh, I, I'm, we're not going to do a full review compared to the photon, but one thing is, um, and I, I, I'm thinking this in my head, and I do not want to confuse people, but basically the same parent company uh, that owns Pulsar is Yukon Optics, and that's who makes the Photon. So that's mm-hmm. how it uses stream vision and all that stuff. So that's that's why the Photon is very similar in a lot of ways to the other Pulsar scopes. But one thing that I really like on the uh, Digisite is the menus and all the text around the screen are very easy to see. That's been a complaint on the photons, uh, which is that things are hard to see around the screen. The way they used a blue font, and it just blends in, and it's kind of difficult sometimes. And again, I know that seems like a weird thing to compare, but it's that I know they're both made by you know the same parent company. So I see the similarities, but they did it a lot better in this Digisite. So uh, I'm a huge fan now. I'm gonna. This is the question that that people have keep on asking me, and it's a great question. And I said I was gonna answer it. And it is it worth twelve hundred and ninety nine dollars? Is it worth thirteen hundred dollars for this optic? I don't and think you can do it without mentioning the wraith. <laughs> I that's just about to say. And now we're back to yeah. you got to compare it to, and not even not just the wraith. You've got the wraith. You've got the photon RT. You know. 500 bucks now well, i mean let's, so let's, let's so do it's, this it's, let's do this before you get into that let's let's go over what our dislikes and then you can get into the worst if it's worth dislikes are 1299 dollars. Exactly. <laughs> i'm um, done you know i'm gonna t- the, the dislikes I, I agree with you jason i think it could use a little bit um more powerful illuminator mm-hmm. uh, i know it does have um four modes including on and off but I, or I think it needs five modes, you know, one more uh, brighter mode on it. And it'd be <laughs> nice if you, yeah, it'd be nice if you could focus that, obje- that, um, the IR yeah, that, light. that's a great point. Something we didn't talk about. The illuminator is fixed. It cannot be focused. Yeah. Now in their defense, it doesn't really need to be. They've done a great job of mounting it and focusing it, mm-hmm. but you you do feel like if boy, if I, I guess, could just get a little more spot to this thing, just a little, yeah, you know, a little and, brighter is what you want to do. And maybe focusing in the correct term. Maybe it's just tightening no, the beam it, and, and, and no, make, that's focusing it. No, yeah. you're using the right term. I mean, yeah. that's external illuminators. Just, you want them to be focusable. Yeah, so you're I just right. don't know if it desc- I'm describing it right, but definitely, you know, to have that tighter beam for longer distances and the wider beam, obviously for you just want it brighter. Essentially, I mean, really is what. Yeah, you, that's you know, the point. Similar yeah, to I, the W. I think it's a great point. Um, I really do have to admit that this being able to take this illuminator off the side mm-hmm. is an ingenious little scenario. I'm going to show you how to do that after this show. And you can it's pick a, up a, sni- a sniper hog light, apparently, from Outdoor Legacy. Oh, that's exactly right. right. right that's a, there I've you go. them big old bad boys. That's right. No, you, you definitely... Uh, I, I think that most people are going to want... To upgrade that illuminator, um, yeah. that's that's a that's a now, in my opinion. And to make sure, now I've seen those sniper highlights. Some of them are pretty big, you know. Um, some of them are real big. They don't. Know, have, they have smaller ones, but yeah, some of them are big. You use a tripod for your rifle and then a tripod for your IRR. That's right. They just lean that's it right. over. Some of them are big. <laughs> they yeah. make great stuff. Now, no, there's a lot of people no, that love them, and uh, they're they're good stuff. Well, I think that you know, going back to the dislikes, um, 
you know, I'm just, if I could nitpick it to death, I guess it's pretty long. I mean, I'm looking at it. I don't know. I mean, not, not a big deal. The weight is really not bad. Uh, you know, at what did I say here? What's my spec say? 29.27 ounces. It's not light, but, you know, I'm used to thermal scopes. It falls right in line with the way they feel. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more to like than there is to dislike. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find things to not like about it, but well, honestly, it's the price. I'm going to get back to it. I just it's think the it's, the, it's, it's the price. I yeah. just, and, and look, you know, if somebody's watching this and you're going, well, y'all are, you know, y'all are trying to find things. Well, we've talked about this before. It's the same thing that we do to Trigicon and to Envision. And it's when you've got something that it costs two or three times more than the competition, it needs to be two or three times better all the way around in every way. And I'm going to nitpick it because, you know, if, if you're paying that much more, you need to be getting that much more. And so, again, nothing against Trigicon or Envision. They deliver with their image quality. But, but you know, we were really hard on them in those reviews. We're hard on this because you're paying a lot of money. So is it worth it? Um, my answer to that is this. If you... This is going to be a cop-out answer. I can't wait for the, the emails. If you want a high-end digital night vision optic and you don't want thermal and, you know, what you want a high-end optic, you want the uh, benefit of these Pulsar removable rechargeable battery packs, if you want picture-in-picture, picture, mm -hmm. if you want the Stream Vision app, if you want... All of those things combined with a good image and, you know, ergonomics, then, then yeah, I think it's worth it. Do, would I pay the extra $800 over a Wraith or a Photon personally? I personally would buy a Wraith, an AR-15, a thousand <laughs> rounds of ammo and take my family out to supper and then decide what to do with the rest of the money that I well, <laughs> that's in it, my folks. pocket. But you call no. up Jason Robertson with thirteen hundred dollars in your hand, he'll talk you into putting eight hundred dollars back in your pocket. How about that? Yeah, no, I mean, but but honestly, here I'm going to sell some of these. Okay, uh, I think they're good enough. I think people are buying them. I've seen reviews firsthand from users online. They love them. I think they're great. I just think, in my opinion, if I'm going to spend thirteen hundred. I'm going to spend 1900 and buy the Pulsar Core RXQ30V. I'm going to buy yeah. uh, a digital scope that, I'm sorry, a, a thermal scope that's still going to have a couple hundred yard range or very close to it. And, you know, I know you can nickel and dime yourself till you get way on up there, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's nice, but what do you think? I mean, uh, would, you, would you pay $1,300 for it? No. <laughs> no, no, you know, I will say this: the picture-in-picture picture is not worth an additional eight hundred dollars. But the picture—how much, picture, much? Hang on, picture-in-picture picture isn't worth how much? An additional eight hundred dollars on top. Oh, of yeah, the, okay, right, but right. yeah, right. The picture-in-picture, picture, uh, and I talk about it a lot to people. People call up and ask. It is a great benefit. Uh, it's like uh -huh. I said, not worth eight hundred bucks. But you know, uh, you're but, right. But, but hang on, Hans. Hang on, hang on. So let me ask you this way, and then I'll, I'll let you carry on. But is the picture in the picture, the battery pack, the stream vision, the better image quality is the package. I mean, is this whole package, what is it? Well, I don't want to ask you what it's really worth, but I mean, is it, is it worth $1,300 to you, the whole package? It's, uh, you look at the difference in, no, um, I, I, yeah. I would say it is worth an additional, uh, $400. If it was eight ninety nine. 
Ooh, if it's eight ninety nine, it'd be maybe nine ninety. I don't know. Yeah, all over it. Eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine, eight ninety nine. That's yeah. the number. I'd say eight. I'd say nine hundred dollars. I think it's worth four hundred dollars more um, for mm-hmm. for those upgrades because they are upgrades. You are getting a better picture, um, but that twelve ninety nine price is 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 up there. And, uh, it, and I want yeah, and I want to talk this out real quick. And I know we're we're running out well, of like time. Well, like you said, you're into you're into entry level thermal range, right? You're there. getting in that yeah. neighborhood. And yeah. see, here's the deal: Pulsars has the, had these digisites for years, and you know, all the way back to you know the the N seven fifties. Those were great optics. We sold a bunch of them. They were thirteen hundred dollars at one time. They were fifteen hundred, and I used to sell a bunch of them. They were they were great optics. They weren't as good as this. They didn't have video recording. They didn't have battery packs. They didn't have all these things. But that was also 2013. It was 2014. Entry-level thermal was Mm $5,000. There was no such thing uh, early on when I was selling those as a photon. The the N750 was the least expensive digital night vision scope on the market at Thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars, depending on what you know. The price had kind of changed, so it's a huge improvement. They've added a whole bunch to it, and I understand. I'm not. I'm not saying that they can even economically bring this price to eight ninety nine with this whole package of goods. Mm -hmm. I get it, Uh, but I do think it's going to be. It's it's you really have to want all these features to make it. Uh, you know, worth that to you. If you got the money and, and you really want them, you know, then, then yeah. I mean, there is a lot of convenience factors. You're not going to be running external uh, battery packs. You know, you're not going to be running external DVRs and all mm. these things that some of the older scopes do. So, you know, it could be worth it to you in that, that sense. But well, any final words on that? No, if you're looking to pick one up, uh <laughs> Man, we've great. We've laid worst, out a great worst. case for buying. It. <laughs> we're the we're the worst salesman. Hey, you know what, folks? I was about to tell everybody to go buy you. some. Yeah, I was about to tell everybody we, where they could go buy it. But after that, yeah. Well, no. listen, we're gonna have them. I'm I'm gonna stock them. People are gonna buy them. Yeah. Uh, again, I am. I want to be very clear. And I mean, I think anybody who's listened to this knows. We're not saying anything bad about the scope. There's nothing negative truly about the function, mm-hmm. the, the design. No, it's it all comes down to the dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, yeah, if you want one, I am going to have some in stock. We'll pro- probably also have a uh, a couple demo units. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we're we're, we're gonna we're we're gonna have them in stock at Outdoor Legacy. Yeah, and so you can go check those out there if you want to know more about it. You know, you can feel free to call me anytime. Uh, and at the end, we'll give you the phone number. Uh, you can go, you know, check that out. Heck, I'll give it to you now. It's 877-350-1818. And you can call, uh, and, and I'll be glad to answer any questions, compare it to any of the other optics, and, and you know, let you know what, what I think. But that's my basic, yeah. uh, you know, take on the whole thing. I think it's a beautiful optic, great optic. I just think, personally, uh, the price is a little bit high. And listen, folks. Y'all come to us for honest information, and we're not going to sugarcoat it. And this this is an honest review. Yeah, and for everybody out there that says that we only say good things about Pulsar, I guess this is this is your show. I don't think this is negative. <laughs> no, I mean, we're not being no. mean. I mean, but, but yeah, you, yeah, you can find these at outdoorlegacygear.com. If you pick one up, nobody's going to think that you made a, a bad choice. Um, you nope. know, and like I said, great optic. Put a sniper hog light on it. You'll be good to go, man. Be good there to go. You go. 
So in the early in the show, we talked about I wanted. We don't have a lot of time. We've, we we always do this. We run way long on these shows, uh, especially when I give Jason the mic for you know an extended yeah, amount of time. Especially when you get me tickled about he, something. He he turns five minutes into about twenty. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, pot calling the kettle. Exactly, black. exactly. So you know, I mentioned on the show earlier that Colt has now suspended manufacturing and sales on the consumer side of their AR rifles. Um, boy, I tell you, it seems like every week we have news related to AR rifles and the, the second amendment gun control, gun, gun and, control. Yeah. and man, did this light another fire <laughs> and it is, uh, everybody is, is dog and Colt for taking this step. I think, I think there's more to read into this. And I was talking to, a, I've got a good friend I hunted with last night. He's a, a veterinarian here in East Texas, uh, very political uh, uh, gentleman, very well connected uh, nationally when it comes to politics. Uh, and he had some thoughts on it, and I, I kind of agreed with, with some of the things he said. But, you know, I, and if you have a Colt AR, more power to you. No burn it. No, I'm just no, I'm burn it, I'm yeah. kidding. No, I'm kidding. I, but I do not personally know anybody that owns a Colt AR or hunts with one. Now, that doesn't mean anything. All it means is there's so much competition right now in manufacturers that are producing great ARs. You know, there's a lot of different uh, uh, mom and pop gum manufacturers that are building Mm -hmm. ARs. And, you know, Diamondback is a company that I use that makes a great AR, a great affordable AR. And I think there's just so much competition in in that consumer market side that they said, you know what? That side of the business isn't going great. We've got big government contracts. Let's just keep manufacturing on that side. I think the timing of it was just poor um, because I do think that they are a a, a 2A supportive company. I just think uh, – I would hope so. Well, in a lot of <laughs> people be kind of like, uh, you know, like, you know t- Twinkies uh, hating yeah. high-calorie diets. I and, mean. <laughs> and I will say this, you know, people have mentioned the fact of the way the company is run because they've gone through bankruptcy before. Um, and they're trying to avoid some similar things, which again, the timing may be terrible. Uh, I just think that there's so much competition that they said, you know what, it's not worth it for us to do it anymore on the consumer side. We're not, uh, we're, we've got big government contracts that we can't even keep up with. They're, they're taking all of our space. You know, when you're talking about manufacturing, it's all about being able to produce the product, the space that you can operate in, operating costs, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think that this was a, Maybe I'm seeing the silver lining. I don't think this this was them making a statement against AR style rifles for regular people like you and me. I don't know. Maybe well, I'm reading it wrong. Maybe you know. Maybe you can shed some more light on it. But that's well, what I'll say this: Hans really did not tell me we were going to talk yeah. about this. So so I didn't have any, and I didn't know what he thought about it. But I agree with everything you just said, and and I can guarantee you that the. Um, opinion that you and I are taking on this is going against the mainstream yeah. uh, of gun owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen just tons of, of negative stuff about them. Here's my thing. I do not own not only a Colt AR, I don't own a Colt firearm, period. I've got no dog in this hunt. <laughs> don't I mean, Colt is not a brand that I even think about. So my take is exactly the same thing. I figure that 
I don't know anybody. I don't think I'm not saying they make bad rifles. I mean, mm-hmm. I, again, I don't know anybody that's buying them. I don't know anybody that's using them. Uh, they have not, as far as I know, even tried to promote their AR-15s mm-hmm. in the consumer world. And I don't know how long. I mean, I just don't see them out there. I do. I see companies like, you know, Diamondback and, and a lot well, of others, a lot of smaller companies that are really building themselves a, a brand. Before you get in, you know, if you look at a lot of the styles of their ARs, from what I've noticed, they're, they don't seem like they're designed for hunting. You know, they don't have the, a lot of right. them don't have the long handrails on them with, you know, the Picatinny's on them. They have, you know, most of them have the tall front sights on them. They're just, they, they look like yep. something you'd use for government or military they they're not they, really they designed do. for for the hunting yeah sure and i don't do. think yeah but i think you're right i think that a lot of that they have not pushed into the hunting market and mm-hmm. so anyway i i don't know anything about them but when i heard it the first <laughs> thing i thought was this is probably a company who made a business decision yeah. that this isn't profitable. We're getting our rear end kicked. And on the other side, we've got government contracts that we're making tons of money on. We've got, uh, you know, other uh, consumer handguns and firearms that we are doing good with. So why continue to make these something we're not, not selling. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just talking out loud here. My thought is, isn't this exactly what the liberals and the mainstream media want is somebody yeah. makes a business decision, they jump all over it, throw it out in the news, and we're all up in arms and we're trying to eat one of our own. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I know that, that bigger companies have done even dumber things that don't make any sense politically, but I guess my question is they are a firearm company and – Liberals hate firearms when they're owned by, especially well, by, cons- by by the yes. citizens. What what brownie points do they get? Yeah. What good does it do them? That right now the Democrats aren't going. Oh yeah, everybody go buy Colt stuff now. Yeah. I mean, no, See, so I don't. It I, doesn't make any sense politically for them to do it. So what what I don't what I hope that they didn't do with this opportunity it was to cover up the fact that they weren't doing well on the consumer side. And tried to use this as some sort of righteousness that sure. we're we're above that, and we're not going to yep. you, you know we're not going to add to the problem of what they think is a problem. I hope that well, they didn't use that for righteous ignig- indignation or anything like. Well, to well I would think this, and again, we're, we're just randomly we don't even yeah, know really about cold, but this. I mean we're we're just yeah we're just going all over. But I would say, I'm just thinking this out here. If you're going to try to score brownie points with the left by stopping making ARs for civilians, then why not say that? Why not say we're stopping because we believe they're dangerous and they're weapons of war and we're not, I mean, why not say it if you're going to do it? If that if that was really their motivation, what sense does it make? So I, I don't know. I can't see yeah. anything other than a business move here and it doesn't really affect me because I didn't own Colt yesterday, and yeah. I'm probably not going to own them tomorrow. And it doesn't have anything to do with this decision. So I, you know, I think it, it is was, what it is. I think it was poorly thought out, poorly planned, um, poorly delivered, awful timing, and just a bad, 
reflection of everybody involved in it. So, uh, but anyway, thank y'all for joining us again this week. Uh, Jason, tell hey, me where you can folks, find Folks, one, one quick thing. Yeah. If y'all disagree with us on this, I mean, look, this is, yeah, it, uh, if you completely disagree, let me give you Hans's email address <laughs> and his, his personal cell phone no, number. You this, can, is, <laughs> this is not a, we're not defending Colt at all. No, uh, I don't. I, I'm just I I'm giving you a hard time. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to argue about it because I really don't know. I think it's covering up other problems other than the obvious, financial but, problems. Yeah. So y'all go check out Jason, uh, over at outdoor legacy gear.com. Uh, you can find him, um, at eight, seven, seven, three, five, zero, one, eight, one, eight. If you're interested in purchasing night vision or thermal gear, check him out. Uh, you, you'll save some, <laughs> you'll probably save some money. He'll tuck you into something else. I promise. I'll talk you out of buying a $1,300 optic <laughs> exactly. into a $500 optic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, also you can find him on YouTube at the uh, outdoor legacy gear. You can find him on uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can find me on YouTube. I just put out my full review of the Pulsar Thermion XM50 that went live uh, yesterday. You can also find me on Instagram at, uh, at Hans ETX. That's H A N S ETX. And for Mr. Jason Robertson, I'm going to say goodbye from both of us. There you go. Uh, y'all take care. We'll see y'all next Thursday. Stay safe in the fields. Keep making them bacon pancakes.